I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. And welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Packham. Joining me this evening, we've got Jay Cross. Hello. And Joe Branton. Hello. No Matt Knight this evening. So Thank we, heavens. Yes. We're doing it uh, proper like live and that. Not, yeah. No well, internet. It's not live. But, you know, just us in a room. There's yeah, no yeah, internet. Yeah. It's still it's pre-recorded. Nice, it's, not, it's nice not having to wear headphones, isn't it, Joe? I do, yeah. It is. I still have to wear headphones. No, I, I quite like not wearing headphones. Maybe we, can we just... Just suck off Matt. Yeah. Just get rid of him. Yeah. Um, how's it going? Good. Jay Cross joining us after what two weeks off? Two weeks away. Yeah. Sorry. Two How weeks in Amoeba. Uh, no, just um, the it didn't work out that I was here for. No, I was only away for a week and a bit. But I flew out on the Monday, two Mondays took, ago. Took for a drink. On Tuesday. Yeah. 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 And um, I fell asleep really early on Wednesday. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, how was America? Yeah, it was really good. Um, it was really, really good, actually. I, um, yeah, I went to the Martin factory. Oh, yeah, I forgot. I wrote the podcast notes out with, I mean, there is some quite big news where you're concerned. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I completely forgot that you actually did do something guitar I did something really guitar-y. I, yeah, I went to, so um, my girlfriend lives uh, just outside of Philadelphia, Um the cheese. The cheese, just outside of, uh, yeah, it makes our relationship quite difficult with me being staunch, <laughs> staunchly vegan. Yeah. You know, you have to keep arm's length. Yeah. Um, well, that's why she lives outside of the cheese. Yeah, just outside. It's like the event horizon. Oh, yeah. God. I don't really know what's going on here. Um, speaking of event horizons, I watched on the flight, more event importantly. Horizon. No, not that. I watched uh, Interstellar again on the flight on the way. Oh, yeah. I've never seen it. Yeah, How have you not seen it? it? It's I mean, exactly the same as Event Horizon, only without Sam Neill. Okay. I don't think I've ever seen Event Horizon. Uh, who else is in that? What, in Event Horizon? Yeah. Sam Neill is the only one I remember. No, there's someone else. There's someone else. Yeah, uh, Morpheus? Fishbourne. Lawrence yeah, Fishbourne. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Lawrence Fishbourne's in it. Yeah. yeah. For Burn? Bourne? No, Fishbourne's the place with the Roman villa, not too far Fishbourne's from Fishbourne's Roman palace. Yeah. Yeah. I've been there. Fishburn. Fish, Fishbourne. Yeah, that's what that's where the thing is. But his name is Lawrence. Oh, right. Anyway, anyway, um, I yeah. So I went to um, the Martin factory, which is in Nazareth, which is um, just 
uh, about 10 miles from Bethlehem. I was about to do this. It is, yeah, no, it is. It is, actually. It is, but there's a Bethlehem, is it? Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. awful. There's Only a, America could do that. Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, and Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Bethlehem, we went to Bethlehem shortly after because there is an excellent vegan bakery there. Wow. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so um, in Nazareth. Really um, tip-top stables. Yeah, really yeah. good. Um, no, they... Um, Stable diet. Oh, why? Why? <laughs> Carry on. We, um... Yep. Yeah, I'm sort of... Anyway, CF Martin moved... I, I found out loads about Martin, and it was really, really interesting. I kind of hadn't... Hadn't really clicked with me just how old that company is. Yeah. So CF Martin... It says it on all of the... Guitars. I know it does, but I just... I guess I've just never really... It's difficult when you put these things in perspective. So... The company was formed in, I think it's 1833, was when he built his first guitar. Orville Gibson wasn't even born until the mid-50s. The mid-1850s. Oh, so you meant the 1950s. No, not 1950s. <laughs> right. The mid-1850s. Crafted his first guitar at one years old. <laughs> um, you know, so that puts things in perspective. He, you know, he was building, C.F. Martin was building guitars 20 years before the person that you kind of think of when you think of, you know, big acoustic guitars wasn't even born yet yeah but um it was really really interesting you can do a tour the tour's free i'd highly highly recommend that if ever you're in the northeast of the u.s that you go um it's uh, nazareth is about an hour and a half or so probably about two hours north of philadelphia and about the same distance um west of new york so it's, it's actually very easy to get to okay and the tour is free um you just show up on the day as well as doing a tour of the factory, they, so you, you go around and you see um, like the production line, you see um, where they treat the woods, you see the custom shop, um, they tell you all about like the history of it. And then when you're done, there's a museum, which has got some of their real like choice pieces in there. And some of the stuff that they had in there was just absolutely phenomenal. Just absolutely incredible. You know, from the sort of, the stuff that you consider kind of modern classics, like they had Kirk Bain's guitar that he used on the, the Unplugged that. record. That's cool. Um, they had the one millionth guitar that Martin ever produced. That's insane. Um, do, do you know what year they made their one millionth guitar? Uh, I think it was. I think it was like two thousand and four. Really? Or something? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's fairly late. recently. Takes you a while to get there, I'd imagine. Uh, uh, yeah, I imagine so. I just they're so they're so prolific. I just yeah, wonder yeah. if it had been earlier. And well, I mean, I th- I think. It's only in sort of recent years that they've really sort of, you know, built up the traction where they're doing, you know, loads and loads and loads. I mean, they yeah. said that... So there's two factories. There's the, the factory in Nazareth, which is about... Um, so when C.F. Martin moved from uh, moved to the United States, he moved to New York. Where was he from originally? I think Germany. Okay. Um, and they moved from, from New York to, uh, to uh, Nazareth. And then the company existed for a little while... And then maybe like five or ten years afterwards or something, they moved to the current site. Okay. So you could go visit... Actually, I think it was more than five or ten years. But anyway, they, they moved from the original factory to this this big factory. And they've been there ever since. And it's it's really, really cool. Um, the museum was just absolutely incredible. And, and I found out quite a lot of really cool stuff. Like one of the things that really struck me was they had a, um, a 0018 in there from... Uh, it was a 1942 0018 that was played that was owned by a guy called Fred Clay, who uh, I didn't know I anything know the about. Name, yeah, he's, the... he's like a country western guy. I, I tried to do some some googling on him and I couldn't find anything about him. Clay, Fred Clay, and um, Bill 
Clay. I don't know what that is. It's from Die Hard. Anyway, go oh, on. Okay. He, oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Brickman, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, he... Um, so, Fred Clay, he had this triple O eighteen, and he was playing, like, country western songs, and he was like, oh, the problem is with this guitar is... Like, it's not it's not loud enough. People can't hear me over the can't hear me over the over the the, the sound of everything. So in uh in in nineteen forty three or forty four I think it was, um he he took it to his mate's radio repair shop and went, Leo, this um <laughs> this guitar's not loud enough. Do you reckon you can do anything about it? And uh his mate Leo went yeah, let me let me see what I can do, and uh, that is the first example of Leo Fender uh, working out how to amplify a stringed instrument, a fretted instrument. There we go. That so is the first, mental. First Fender guitar was a Martin. Yeah. Weird. What was yeah. the oldest guitar in there? Uh, the oldest guitar okay. was they had one of the first um, the first instruments that CF Martin ever made. Um, which was um, a, a weird sort of um, like the, the like headstock was amazing. Thing. It kind of, but it was it was a guitar. It was right. an acoustic guitar, um, and it was from eighteen thirty four. My God, you don't even think about acoustic guitars really around that time period being an especially produced Not, item. Yeah, they were kind of flying V's and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah. but no, I know Very, what you mean. The, the year of the Variax, <laughs> eighteen thirty four. But yeah, so it's from 1834. Wow. Um, they they also had a um, they had they had Richard Gears, one of Richard Gears uh, Martins. Oh yeah. He Richard donated. Gear. He donated. He donated one. And there was one. Um, I think it was a. I think it was a D28. I think it was that um, a, a, a f- that survived Normandy. Uh, <laughs> fella course, had it. Uh, fella had it. Fella had it with him during 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 Normandy, and it survived. And they were like. Oh, amazing! Well, can we? So it's now in the Martin Museum. It was. It was just a simply incredible place to be. That really, really amazing. Um, yeah, really, really exciting. Really Did cool. they at all talk about the Mexican made guitars? Yeah, a little bit. So, okay. th- so there's the two factories. So there's that one in um, uh, in Nazareth, where they they finish around 300 guitars a day okay they rec- they reckon three to three two five something like that it sounds like a lot but it's not a lot compared to that, uh, a lot of other manufacturers when i went to um the usa gibson factory in nashville yeah. they they reckon that they were finishing 600 guitars yeah. a day there you know that's that's you know h- half that amount but you don't do you think of martin as sort of h- half as popular as as Gibson, I guess or, you the, know, the difference is that they're niche, only manufacturing acoustic guitars. Yeah, and I guess acoustics probably take a bit more work to. They do, well, they certainly did uh, from start to finish in at this uh, at Martin. They yeah. reckon that they, I think they said it was, I think they said eight weeks from start to finish to to make a guitar. Okay, and all that's of, a long time, isn't it? And all of the guitars on the factory floor are sold already. Like probably right. sold to, they'll be sold to. Um, you know, distributors, distributors yeah. or they'll be sold to guitar centres or, or whatever. But they're if they're if they're being made, they're already accounted for. Um, but yeah, eight weeks they reckon for the um, for their. Whereas Gibson, they reckoned I think it was four to five. Okay. Um, for acoustics. For no, for I didn't go to the acoustic factory for the electrics. Oh, you went to you the know, so, yeah. Um, but that's that was uh, yeah, that was that was really amazing. Um, 
there was another point that I had, and I can't remember. Mexican factory. Mexican factory in Navajo, um, which is is just uh, it's in like very northern northern Mexico. Yeah. Um, they uh, they make their anything that's got the L uh, suffix, so the LX series. Yep. Um, and the um, Ed Sheeran guitars and also the Backpacker series. And they reckon that they finish about 600 of those a day. Wow. So Martin... That's because they're smaller. It's because they're smaller. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're just further away. Yeah. Takes um, half as long because yeah, they're like half that's, size. That's exactly how it works. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But no, they, um, they reckon they finish 600 guitars a day um, out of Navajo. So Martin essentially are producing close to a thousand guitars every single day and they're all sold and they're all already sold the lx ones mm-hmm. and the not so much the Ed and stuff but the lx ones were out of stock for like oh when they announced them to begin with they're out of stock was, for like two years it was oh it was, i don't think it was quite two years but it was it was months and months yeah. and months and, and you know you think about knowing that knowing how many guitars they're finishing each day it, and, it, and it simply came down to the fact that there weren't any coming to begin with there weren't any coming into into Europe they would say that like the, the supplier the UK supplier were, were being told right you're getting this many you're getting on this day and then all of a sudden they were told actually we can't keep up with the demand in the US so you can't have those that's yeah. that's what was happening is that they were they were prioritising demand in the US um, which to a certain degree you can kind of understand because it's their core market and Apart from anything, it costs them less. It's easier to ship the guitars around. Absolutely, yeah. um, but um, you know, it's it's amazing. The um, X bracing was pioneered by CF Martin. Yeah, um, he 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 was the first person to I think um, standardise having uh, the the joint at the twelfth fret, but also like pushed it further further yep. up as well, thirteenth and fourteenth, and yeah, it was it was a pretty pretty incredible experience. Am I imagining it, or did I see a picture of you in a giant guitar? Um, not me in a giant, but I took a picture of it. Was I think the hundred and for, I think it was for the hundred and fifth. What would it have been? It was it was some anniversary, maybe the hundred seventy fifth anniversary or hundred and fiftieth anniversary. It was it was one of, for one of the anniversaries. Um, the people in the in the factory on their own time produced a full a full scale uh, no sorry uh, uh, a scaled up what am I trying to say what's the full scale but scaled up like scaled version correct basically. of um, <laughs> of of one of their guitars um, that was like <coughs> I don't know 30 foot long or something like that and it was it, you could it was only half enclosed so you could see the bracing and right. everything inside was that the point of it just so you could see yeah what I think so like. yeah 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 but that was that was really cool um, yeah just um, just wicked it was it was really really good really exciting and um, I just want to go to California now. I want to go to. See I want to go, go Fender. I want to go Taylor. Guitar nerds road trip. Yeah, so maybe we Ooh. should. We you know an easy one that we could go Milton Keynes. Do some C Marshall. Yeah, maybe we should do that. Let's go do to it. Laney. I hate Milton Keynes. <laughs> Lane, Lane, uh, Laney. I've been up there. We we went yeah, up there. Yeah, yeah, was good. Yeah, yeah. I've been there. Oh yeah, we've all been there. Yeah, Laney's good. It's amazing how much stuff they actually still just build there. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um. Who else could we visit? Um, Other British... Bigfoot. Yeah, let's go to Reese's house. <laughs> go to the Dunhorse and just have a beer and talk about Bigfoot pedals. Um, now, some, a tragedy has befallen you while you've been away, seemingly. Um, you've lost something. I can't find my... I can't 
can't find my RE20. <laughs> I can't find oh, my space God. echo. Okay, I, when when I no. heard that you'd lost your space, no, space no, no, echo, no. not I was my. Like, how do you lose a four U rack mounted? No, not the not the rack mounted one. The the pedal. I can't find it anywhere. Um, well, I mean, I know you lend a lot of stuff out, but would you have really lent the space echo? Out? So after, so the reason that that this is the, that Martin knows this is, I posted something up on Facebook just saying, and I was really reluctant to post it up on Facebook because I knew that I was going to get ridiculed for it. Uh, because of the amount of the amount I go on about them all the time, but I posted up. You know, does anyone have this? I don't know where it is. And I have had three people email me saying, "Is it? Is it this pedal?" And I'm like, "Oh no, no, that's another one of my pedals that you've got that I've lent to you. It's what, not that one. That's what, not the one." What's still out? Uh, Mojo Mojo. Yeah, I know where that is. I know that is as well. And uh, RC Twenty. Um, Who's got that? Uh, my friend Jack. Who plays in that band wait, Bird Skulls? What's the RC20? Loop Station. The, the oh, pre, oh, yeah, the, the of prior course. Prior yeah, yeah. RC30. Uh, Jack, who plays in that band Bird Skulls. Okay. Um, my friend D has got my uh, Hall of Fame. Um, and there's something else which I can't remember right now. But uh, yeah, I don't know. What, I don't know what it is. I, I assume it must be in a box in my parents' house. It was from. No, it's, in, it's definitely in your house. No, because the box is there. No. Because there's a pe- there's a picture on my phone in your flat where I put the RC uh, RE twenty on your coffee table and took a picture of it. It's definitely in your house. Really? Unless you've lent- loaned it out to someone. I have photographic evidence that it is there. Ah, oh, cool. We're gonna have to go looking for it. But yeah, I'm going there. We're going. We're there gonna in go watch True Detective in a minute. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> Um, oh, thanks. That's uh, that's really reassuring. It's there somewhere, cool. definitely. Unless someone's come in your house and stolen it. Which I've got to be honest. I think. Um, in fact, didn't when you put up a photo, you put up a photo of an RC30 and your other Supersonic 22. Wasn't it plugged in then? Uh, no, because I couldn't. I, that's when I realised that it was missing. It's definitely in your house. Cool, somewhere. Joe Branton, what you been up to? Uh, well, um, I I'm. I'm buying another base. Are you? <laughs> I know. I know. It's got bad. It's Didn't got we talk bad about again. this last week? No. No, it was the week before because I listened to this one. one. Why? Because I really like ESP bases. Okay. So you've got the fretless. Yeah. Well, that's on, on its way to me. Okay. Wait, you're buying a fretless? Fretless yeah, ESP PJ. So, so, you know, so ESP do a really great range of like precision bass style of, of sort of Fender style um, basses. Do you know who else does a really <laughs> good range of. <laughs> no, but they, this is the point. They don't. Not right, they, okay. Like Fender do great classic basses. I really yeah. like, and I, I have. My, my favourite bass that I own is probably the, the 50s reissue uh, P bass, and I really like that. And I really like the Geddy Lee. That I've got, and I really like the base six. I like like those things are really good that Fender do. Like the the old style, like, like yeah. sort of seventy style, sixty style bass is great. You're getting paid too much, mate. The modern Honestly, style, we we'll pay you too much for this. So what you're saying is the fifty style, great. Sixty style, great. great. Seventy style, great. great. But that's it. Dot dot dot. Okay. Uh, I don't. I don't really. I don't like their modern stuff as much. And uh, and. And what modern stuff do they do? Well, Everything's just, derivative of those three things. Well, the American no. Standard? American Standard, American Special, and the Mexican Standard. Yeah. If um, I want a modern sounding Fender, I don't want to spend, I don't think American Standards are worth a thousand pounds. You're crazy. And, they definitely um, are. No, they're just so average, though. I want something with an edge 
And the they just have yeah, they just the Adam Clayton signature. <laughs> <laughs> That was actually a really good <laughs> jazz bass, the, the Clayton signature. It was. They don't make it anymore because he's gone back to Warwick. I know, We yeah, had this yeah, conversation yeah. fairly recently. Ridiculous. Um, what a ridiculous man. What a crap band. Anyway, um, <laughs> so so I've... Um, I've uh, so I, I found I really like ESP basses. It was only when I AB'd the uh, vintage modified um, precision bass that Squire do and the ESP LTD vintage... Uh, 204 fretless that I realised how substantially better the LTD was for the same money and so I was like oh yeah that's really good I've ordered that and then just because I was looking on the on the ESP website I found that they do a EX104 Explorer no no they do a Gabe Crisp signature (laughs) model (laughs) Gabe Crisp that's not a name. <laughs> that's, a name. that's not a name. That's not a name. Gabe Crisp, the well-known bass player from well-known and popular band Whitechapel. Oh, I don't know um, what that is. Yeah, they're, they're like a... Gabe Crisp. Metal-y sort of band. No, I uh, assume anyway, so. Anyway, so... What is they the do Gabe, a Gabe Crisp? Crisp. It's, it's a precision-style bass. Okay, look, here's the thing. I'm going into the studio in a couple of weeks and... You're really um, lacking on basses for all, those <laughs> time, all the times you need. Yeah, well, well, basically, the, the, the record that I'm recording in the studio is all in D standard and I don't own anything that's, uh, that's through-body strung. And what so, about your Yamahas? Um, no, because I've sold the um, the forty four, which yeah. is through body strung. The Billy Sheehan's not. Oh, uh, Okay. Um, so I don't own anything through body. So anything that what I about put the in D standard. One? What? what about the seventies one? Uh, no, that's not through body, oh, okay. and also it's missing half of a eleventh fret as well. So it's <laughs> it's not so usable on the high How end. How did that happen? Um, it just came like that. It's just basically flattened into the body. Oh, right, okay. Um, so that's not an option. That's how they did them in the seventies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Fretless wonder. Um, so, so I needed something that I can down tune to D standard, and and it be okay there. So I was looking for sort of a, like the fifties won't really do it, the fifties P bass, and I wanted something that had P bass pickup. So, I I discovered the Gabe Crisp GC P four signature model, which is Absolute a through body strung precision bass in black with a black scratch with a black matching headstock, which is damn cool, and a maple neck with no inlays, so it looks wicked. And a PJ No inlays pickup. at all? Uh, no, so it's just like a plain maple neck. Weird. Like the way Warwick used to do yeah, their yeah, bases. Yeah. Um, and that with a PJ pickup format. And I was like, yeah, that's that's a winner. And it's just under £500. So, uh, so yeah, I, I got a hold of VSP today and... Uh, have you actually ordered one? Uh, not yet, because they haven't got back to me yet as to whether or not they have one in the country. They definitely don't import the Gabe Crisp. <laughs> if they have a Gabe Crisp, I'm buying a Gabe Crisp. So The yeah, more you say that. it, the weirder it sounds. What, a Gabe Crisp? That's my Gabe Crisp. I reckon my Gabe they, Crisp. They've got a little alarm bell on the, in the office. Someone's ordered a Gabe Crisp. Yeah, it's wicked. I'm really excited about the Gabe Crisp. Sound um, the klaxon. 400mm fretboard radius ridiculously flat okay for for a base that's unusual 400 mil it's 12 inch yeah. isn't it is it yeah wow yeah so 12. okay you're I mental 
Is it? So, so I'm excited saying there's about a 12 this. 12 inch radius? Yeah. And it's designed for. Yeah, 400 yeah, mil because it it's 40 yeah, centimeters. It is, yeah. It? Yeah. And it's designed for like drop tuning and stuff, you know, with that in mind. Because of course he does. So I'm. Of course he does. It will be it will be perfect. Which for my you that? which um, which Whitechapel album is that from? Uh, you know the, uh, the 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 most recent one, I imagine. Any other news? Um, uh, no, that is about it. I think that's me done. Good. I've got some news. Go on. It was my birthday this week. Oh God, no one cares. They All do you've care. done is going on about I'll this. I'll tell you why they care. It's because my pedal board is finally finished. No, it isn't. It is. I've got the Echoplex uh, preamp for my birthday. You still got a wah pedal on your pedal board? Yeah, no, it's fine. I'm leaving it there. Oh, why? I, ne- I mean, I hardly ever use it, but it's, <laughs> yeah, it's so. Like it's so good. It all the pedals on there, pre- apart from the wah. I'm pretty much leaving on all the time. Echoplex preamp, Soul Food, Alter Ego, Strymon Flint, Loop, uh, Ditto Loop. Just trying to remember Ditto Loop. You've only got six to remember here. You're leaving that on all the time. Not the Ditto Loop. Well, it depends on doing a loop. (laughs) Then it, yeah, is on all the time. Um, It sounds amazing. The Echoplex, um, we just plugged it in briefly before we started uh, podding. the Echoplex makes a massive difference, it does doesn't make it? a big difference, yeah, even at low volumes, yeah. Really it does. kind of when you turn it off, it sounds like you've got old strings on your guitar, which I probably have. Um, but then you turn it on, everything sounds great. Just drives it, a bit more top end. Really nice. Really good. I'm surprised it made a difference even on your little crappy Hughes and Kettner five watt thing. What the main difference it makes is the Hughes and Kettner's quite flat in terms of response. It's not a particularly vibey amp um, and putting that in there makes it sound super cool wow so it's just like buying a decent amp yeah (laughs) (laughs) no the the Tube Meister is fine if you don't want anything too vibey if you want something very clean and very polite then it's great but it's uh, if you want that edge if you, if you want, want that edge, Echoplex. The sort of sound you'd get if you bought a Blues Junior or an yes. AC4 or yes. one or of the like big ones. If the sort of person who, you know, needs something vibey and therefore sells his Hughes & Kettner to his mate and then buys a Supersonic 22. Yeah. That, that sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. okay, gotcha. Sweet, great mates. Um, <laughs> no, the difference being is that it's controllable volume-wise, which yeah, Blues Junior is, is no, not. No, no, no. I, I, I agree. No, no, yeah. Um, and... It stays fair. The good thing about it being quite like flat sounding is that it doesn't really change character that much when no. you have it all the way down. It actually all sounded up. great at low volumes. Yeah, completely. And you, you play it. I mean, I know we're in a flat, but you play it at a, a ridiculously considerate volume. I'm just. I'm nice. I'm a nice guy. The neighbours, you know, I'm being nice. Um, and I couldn't do that at the Blues Junior. No, no way. What no. I'd have to do is put something in the front end and turn the volume down. So. The way I have it at the moment, like the soul food is like flat out and the Echoplex is flat out and then the amp's backed off quite considerably. Whereas if it was a Blues Junior, I'd have to back all the pedals off so that I could turn the amp up a bit, which I think is a worse way round. Try and get as much signal in the front end as possible. Yeah, it sounds good. But so, so that's what you got. I'm finally done, I think. Maybe I want to get a Diago patch factory because at the moment it's looking like a bit of a mess. Um, yeah. And also I realised that I only own one guitar lead that is of any decent length, so uh, plugging it all in was a bit of a problem. Right. It's a bit of a noise, because the one that was going from the looper into the amp was like a, sh- like a metre long, and I right. needed that to wire the rest of the things up, and then I was like, oh, okay, I'll plug it in. No, I've only got one guitar lead. But I found uh, another one that will do the job, I suppose. Um, yeah, my pedal board's oh, I know down. somewhere Sweet. where you can buy one of them. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I used to as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so yeah, pedal board done. 
Super happy. Awesome. I kind of want to get another guitar now, though. That's the problem. Definitely. That's the problem. Buy, buy some more guitars. You I don't might, have oh a telly. God, I need to That's stop. The problem. I might sell the pink Aria. Buy telly. I can't I do one. Buy you, do, you, need, you need a telly. Tellys are the best. I need to get one. Anyway, so that's the news from our end. But there's been some uh, news from the world of guitars. Um, should we dive in some news? News. So first up, um, the Diago have just announced the Sprinter, talking of pedal boards. Um, the Sprinter is designed for micro pedals. The photo that they put up, um, I think it had like six moors on it. Um, bit, bit late to the punch, aren't they, really? Well, pedal train have done one for some time. Yeah, yeah. But you, you, it's pedal train, so you can't get a you hold of You can't actually get it. Yeah, <laughs> can't yeah, buy one. Yeah, it's like, yeah the, the, the mock-up on how, the How the do pedal trains stay afloat as a company? Like, I don't understand how you could just not make anything for people to use for, like, six months. I mean, when they made the decision to redesign everything, why didn't they make enough stuff to carry on selling first, like most companies do when they change over. Why did they just stop? Like, they're literally not a company and haven't been for six months. Yeah, I, I don't it know the, the answer to that question. It's the craziest business decision ever. Surely they just racked up a big sort of, like, war chest of money and then went, okay, right. Well, I guess so. And the fact is that people are still waiting for them because they are the best. But yeah. it was just such... You have to be incredibly confident to make that decision, to annoy people enough that you can't buy their product for six months. Yeah, it's a bit of a weird one, I suppose. But I mean, stupid. maybe did they just try and do it, and then when actually there's a manufacturing error, or I don't think like, I think they just went. Yeah, we're going to be doing they because they announced it at Nam. Yeah, and they just went, and we haven't seen any of the new ones yet. No, none at all. None it's, at all. It's quite weird, isn't and it? And I, I guess the thing is, is I mean, partly they they announced. I feel like if it was me that was in charge of that company, you probably just wouldn't have announced it because you can understand it. If they announced, right, we're completely redesigning our line, why then would not only the consumers, but any of the suppliers or the the, distri- or the, the, the retail outlets say, yeah, cool, we'll take some of this old stuff that you're discontinuing and we won't be able to get a hold of any, you know, for any sort of long period of time. And you're yeah. also definitely not marketing to anybody and yeah. this, that and the other. You know, so you, it was probably... Six of one and half dozen of another of the other. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like there just is a bit don't of, announce it. Well, there's a bit well, of a rush, I, isn't there, to, uh, just to get stuff out at Nam generally. Like yeah. we usually hear stuff, and sometimes stuff doesn't arrive until what for like six months. Oh, yeah. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Yes, yeah, <laughs> or sometimes, like, you know, in the case of um, some Pigtronic stuff, didn't arrive, or Stry- uh, not Strymon, um, Zvex, some stuff didn't arrive for two years. Yeah. Orange as well. Orange have announced stuff that hasn't ever actually hit production, That's true. man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it's... Um, yeah, it's just a case of get your announcements out there. I would imagine particularly for the big companies because if they're floated, then their uh, investors are waiting to hear announcements. Yeah, yeah. Um, they um, Pedal Train also, I, I don't think... Whilst they have kept everything very much to themselves and we don't know the details of it, um, dates have been being pushed back from them. So I, I, I figure everything hasn't gone 100% to plan with when they wanted to put these pedal boards out. I mean... How hot can it be? They're just aluminium. Yeah, you are literally slightly redesigning the slats so that more pedals can fit on. And yeah. it is taking six months and still no releases on any of the information on it. So the Diago Sprinter is yeah. a um, compact... <laughs> I think it might be um, ABS plastic. Um, it's in a gig bag. And it's literally just, just tall enough for more pedals. They already have a... The um, commuter. The commuter, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, Which is essentially a, a piece of plywood with Velcro on it in a bag. Well, yeah. I think this might be even cheaper than that then. I didn't see a price, but yeah, I think it might be a plastic board in a gig bag. Because the commuter, I think, is about... I think it might be 35 quid or okay. something like that. This might even be cheaper than that. How can you do it cheaper than that? It's well, crazy. make it out of plastic rather well, than wood. do it 20 quid. Yeah. But like, even mm-hmm. a bag is... Yeah, true, true. But it looked wow. cool, actually. It looked like if you've just got a collection of more pedals or you want something to or go I guess, and do... you know, if, like, you know, you, a, a year ago, and you yeah. only had, for example, like, a Sans Amp and a Tuna, it's probably yeah. big enough. Ideal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think um, I think they're going to do all right because people are... You know, there's loads of new mini pedals out, Tone City or whatever they're called as well. Um, yeah, people are... People are really going for it. Um, one big bit of news this week. Sewer Guitars sold for $11 million. $11 million. Um, To a uh, kind of a technology firm. And, yeah, what is that about? Uh, it seemed like their biggest thing that they do at the moment is vape. They're, really? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Do some. Is, okay, here's one for you. Is that... That doesn't seem... That can't be the whole company because that doesn't seem like enough money. Um... I think it was the whole company. That really doesn't seem like a lot of money. You know, $11 million, you know, is a fair chunk of money. But in comparison to a footballer's wages... Well, I mean, not even that. You know, just think about, like... So those guitar... Um, you know, how much were those Guthrie Govans when they were... when They, they were, were $11 million. <laughs> but they, they were what? They were probably a couple of grand each, right? You know, yeah. they're probably more... I think the, the Charvels were a couple of grand, so the, the Sewers were probably a bit more. Right. You know, if they did... I mean, I, I don't know. Just even with all of the, the held stock that they must have, it must that must equate to a fair chunk of that. Yeah, So it true. just doesn't seem like a huge amount of money. I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know the figures. I don't really know how many they guitars... They are such to, a boutique company, though. I can I mean, tell you some figures, actually, okay. from the press release. Um, so this is reading directly from the press release. Um... Avalanche International Corporation announced today that it has agreed to purchase JS Technologies Inc., maker of the world-renowned Sur and other branded musical instruments and electronics, for $11 million in stock and cash. 
The 18-year-old US manufacturer of high-end musical instruments and electronics based in Lake Elsinore, California, has uh, annual revenues of over $10 million, which doesn't seem like that much to me. I mean, if it's not as much as I imagined. No, but if they're, but that's what I'm saying. If they're, you know, their and their revenues are ten million dollars a year, and they've they've sold the company for eleven million dollars. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's that's what I'm saying. Is it doesn't seem like. Yeah, perhaps. I don't know. Um, what they are saying though is that uh, John Sir and Steve Smith, who are the their guys, basically, yeah. are staying on um, for an undetermined period so they will still be there but the company will be owned by uh, Avalanche oh, wow. International you can just, that, that is going to go sour so quickly well you never relationship. know you no, never know no, because they'll have comfort, they'll have restrictions put on their manufacturer that they've never had put on them before this company will be trying to turn Sur into a a major brand rather than a boutique brand or at least a, a brand a production line brand rather than a boutique brand and those will be restrictions that they did it. Uh, Tour had some. Um, I think they had some cheaper made guitars, didn't they? At one point, the name of uh, Rasmus was what they were called. I think they were maybe Korean. Okay. So they have tried to kind of expand into a kind of bigger. I've been brand that I could I've see you then. Yeah, I was trying to figure out what you were doing there. <laughs> um, uh, so they have tried to do it before, and I just wonder whether they're finding that they couldn't like take the next step. And I guess like finding investment is the. Uh, is well, the way to go. But I hope it's. I hope it's good. Yes, yeah, I hope so too. It'd be cool I've, if it was um, a big brand. You know. I've always struggled to uh, uh, to be able to justify um, the price points that Sir guitars come in. I, I find it difficult to accept modular spec guitars past a certain price point. You need a through neck. I just need something that's not actually just a Fender sort of. <laughs> I mean, I would think that they would maybe disagree that that's what. The, I know, the I, know I know it is. I know, I know they are really, really sort of high endy boutiquey things. But there's just there's they don't have any. I know what you mean. It's yeah, a neck bolted onto a body. Yeah, made out of the same woods. But then people the could say that about Fender for. Custom Shop. You know, it's, mm, that's true. That's true. Um, but you're paying for. I guess you're paying for the people that build it with Fender Custom Shop. Yeah, but that's the same with Sir. Yeah. Oh, no, they just don't look as good. Though. <laughs> yeah, basically, what you're saying is you don't like how they look. No, so it, it's essentially at a distance, I think you can confuse Sir with uh, with Stag. And, and that is... <laughs> at, at, I'm just saying at a distance, I think that is true. Jeez um, Louise. Obviously, I, I know that spec-wise, there fired. is a big. Uh, I've, I've not, I just there is obviously a very massive rarely difference. does Joe backpedal. And yeah, this is this is. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen him backpedal look on a ridiculous that. Look statement. I'm not backpedaling. They look cheap. That is <laughs> that is what I'm. That's where I'm laying down the line. Surgitars look cheap. Well, if you just made an eleven million dollar investment and in listening to this podcast, then uh, you know, heed those don't. words. Joe does not. Joe does the not. views expressed here are Joe's and Joe's alone, and do not represent <laughs> the Guitar Nerds Corporation or any other corporations we may be associated with. At Joseph underscore nine hundred. Yeah, fine. Um, I think Sir guitars look wicked. Like in particular, the um, the Guthrie stuff looked amazing. But um, yeah, you know, each to their own, and that's what's so great about guitars. <laughs> One last bit of news. Uh, Bare Knuckle announced the Cobra T bladed tele pickup. Um, oh. They it's a super high output single coil that looks like a stacked humbucker. 
Um, they did a strap version, I think, um, and now they've adjusted it for for tellies. So, so it look- looks like a, a stacked humbucker, but it's yeah, bladed. It looks like a yeah, blade. You know, like the hot rails. Yeah, yeah. Type, so. But it's single coil. Right, I see. Um, and yeah, it's apparently super high output. Uh, great if you want kind of a bit of extra aggressive twang for your telly. Mm. Bare knuckle just rocking it, aren't they? Like. They're just still going. Yeah. Do you remember when they just did the ridiculous ones? The, the nail bomb pig and the nail bomb. Like the... covered. That looked like it was covered in mud. Yeah. That was so dumb. And now they make some really good stuff. Irish tour. Yeah. Or the uh, the um, blackguard stuff. They do. Yeah. It's all. It's all rocking, isn't it? It is. Should we um, dive in some questions? Why not? Let's do it. So Chris says, anyone had any experiences with the Fender USA Deluxe tellies? Quite fancying one right now. Love the finish on them and like the idea of the S1 switching. Jay Cross, you probably had most hands-on experience with the uh, Deluxe telly. Yes. um, So I I like them. Um, I, I guess part of me finds it... If, if the S1 switching is certainly the, the big thing, I think, yeah. with those guitars. Um, I think I kind of find it difficult to, to justify the price point that they're at um, because they're only, they're only, they're, they're maybe, you know, a, a couple of hundred quid, probably not even that much, more than an American standard. And since 2012, when um, Fender put the, you know, redesigned the, the standard series and put the custom shop pickups in there, I think they are just like it's such a cut above what they were before. Yeah. And with the prices of all the American vintage stuff seemingly coming down, you know, you can get are the prices a, coming down. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, okay. yeah. I was looking at it this week, and everything seems a lot cheaper than it always was. Okay. You know, like the um, I I seem to remember that the for example the American vintage jazz masters were like they used to be like seventeen hundred yeah, quid. Yeah. Like you can get one now for like fourteen, really thirteen, okay. fourteen, and so all the American vintage. And I think that's good because there was it was difficult to justify why you would buy an American vintage guitar when for an extra couple of hundred quid you could get shop. a custom shop. Yeah. And I think that's that's kind of the problem that the deluxes uh, uh, have placed themselves in at the moment is that now the American vintage stuff has come down, so you can get a really cool, re, you know, um, high spec reissue guitar for fourteen hundred yeah. quid or so. You've got the standards, which are a great sort of, you know, benchmark for 1100 quid. And then the deluxes kind of sit here, you know, sort of neither here nor there. Yeah. Um, I'm personally, I'm not a huge fan of the noiseless pickups. I think they can sound a little bit too clinical. Um, but, you know, I like, I don't really care about intonation and I like it to be really raucous and horrible. So, you know, draw, yeah. from, draw from that what you will. Um, the bridges are excellent. Um, they're the deluxe. Um, they are really good. The bridges are really, really good. They're better than than the bridge than the bridges on anything else. You know, if, if what you want is real precise intonation, they're really, really good. Um, they've got locking tuners, which are just just so easy to use, and they just don't go out of tune. Um, and they've also got the contoured heel as well as the um, as well as the S1 switching, yep. which is really nice. Um, and they're top bound. And not all of them are. Uh, are all of them? You retracted that almost as quickly as you said it. Uh, I guess they are. Ooh. Yeah, some of them are bind, uh, white top binding, bound. and some of them are uh, perloid. A, oh god, no, oh, there's a, there's a, a, a candy apple one which isn't, I think. Okay, um, but 
Yeah, I think out of all of them, the one I would go for is the American Deluxe Thin Line. I think that, what with it being, um, okay. what with it having the F-hole there, I think it just adds a little something, which... It doesn't really change the tone, does it, particularly? Uh, not I, with, like, noise, vintage noiseless. I don't know. And, I, well, they're not vintage noiseless. They're, no, they're, they're, they're noiseless. Sorry, the, the SCNs, yeah. They're, they're you know, they're... Um, and I think they they just... the, the Having the, uh, the F-hole there just really... Like gives you just a little bit more resonance, a little okay. bit more character. Um, which, which for me, I felt as I say, I find it difficult to to look past the um, the uh, the noises pickups. I'm just I'm not a huge fan of them, and I really like the pickups that you get in the um, in the standards. And then you know it's not a huge amount more for as I say for one of the American vintage. We've got an amazing uh, where where I work at the moment. We've got this amazing '64. Which, but anyway, is you know, there's the some of the American vintage stuff looks looks really really good. So, what we're saying is basically, if you want a very modern guitar with the- very very modern players guitar, um, you know, real, you know, precise with the tuning, um, you know, you're not going to deviate too much from the set, you know, because a, a lot of the time with single coils is you can plug them in in two different places and they will sound completely different. Yep. You know, that that just is kind of the nature of them. But yeah, having the um, Having that, uh, those noiseless pickups, you do get a very uh, consistent sound. Yeah. Um, I think they're very, very good if you're doing a lot of home recording. Um, you know, because you can you can get that real clinical sound. But yeah, the S1 is excellent. I think the S1 is a really, really interesting, uh, really interesting combination. Although I think probably if it was me, I would swap it out for a four-way switch, so you could have the. Um, you could have the uh, so you bar hard switching basically yeah yeah absolutely yeah, someone yeah. mentioned the other day that we don't say bar hotelly enough anymore um, really so yeah bar hotelly there we go take a drink <laughs> um, do you know what the I really shouldn't like it but because it's not something that I would normally like but the American deluxe telly in Olympic pearl yeah. with the tortoise shell binding yeah. is one of the best guitars yeah. best Actually, looking well, guitars I've ever made they do the um, that's the one that I would go for with the F-hole in the thin line yeah yeah I think that just looks absolutely amazing yeah, yeah. Um, so Richard says which album was your defining guitar moment growing up Joe Branton uh, I guess it'd be bass moment yeah but it, uh yeah, it, it's gonna be. It's gonna be something rubbish, is why you're looking at me like that. No, it's just... <laughs> <laughs> it definitely is, isn't it? It definitely is. <laughs> I hate that Joe, Joe Brennan. Yeah, my name is Joe Brennan, and I bought Origin of Symmetry, and now I want to be like Matt Bellamy, but I need to play the bass. <laughs> the guy whose name no one knows. <laughs> Oh, what's his name? Go on, what's his name? I don't know. You I definitely don't know, know it. I don't know his name. I hate that band. <laughs> Um, probably uh, um, they only do this because they know how much I hate Mies with every fibre of my soul go on tell us it. what was your defining uh, bass moment it was uh, it would have been Enema of the State I imagine classic yeah by Blink 182 I distinctly remember as a kid listening to it on massive over ear headphones through my CD Walkman in bed Nice. Uh, a couple of weeks after I bought my first bass and thinking how the hell am I going to play these bass lines there's quite a lot of like there's quite a lot of bass on that album isn't there like, yeah, quite a lot of got bass like, playing Mutt do you remember yeah. the song Mutt that has its uh, proper sort of lead bass hook 
in yeah, there. But I, yeah, just at the time I couldn't fathom it. Of course now do, it would be considered do, 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 quite do, 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 do. quite basic, I guess. But yeah, at the time, unfathomable. What's the fast song on that record? Party um, song. <gasps> the party song, yeah. I remember the first time I heard that song, I was like... Music can't be this fast. How is music this fast? I mean, to be fair, it's not very well played. So it does no. sound weird and yeah, quite yeah. rubbish. But yeah. Jay Cross, what's your uh, what's your moment? Um, I think on a similar sort of vibe, I think it's probably... Um, oh, Killer No Fellow, Sun 41. Uh, Americana. Okay. Actually, by The Offspring. Um, I remember the first time that I played... Uh, when I when I finally learned how to play the kids aren't alright um, oh, except was such a tune except for the, the solo, solo on that. except oh, for the no, solo which I probably solo. still can't play it's just um, a scale what's what like a like a reptile yeah. um, I <laughs> the cheese <laughs> on a snag um, I um, the first time I played that the whole way through I just remember being like this this is the best thing that's ever happened to me um, good so, album such yeah, a good album yeah great album probably their best one Mike Packham um, defining guitar moment um, do you know what I really yours is probably a bass moment maybe just like Beatles Beatles is when I went oh yeah you know like because before that I was obsessed with Michael Jackson like as a kid <laughs> I was obsessed with Michael Jackson records. I was like, oh, it's so good. And I, I, but, you know, it's all like pop and that. And although there's quite a lot of guitar stuff in that. And then I just, I heard the Beatles. And I was like, okay, well, I could probably just do this then. They just were like four lads. I could probably do guitar and that. It's like, yeah. So that's probably my defining guitar moment. Beatles at the BBC, weirdly, which is the... Oh, uh, that's their best album. Uh, definitely not. But um, I, <laughs> I borrowed really it on cassette it. from my granddad and like listened to it. And I was like, these tunes are wicked. And uh, there's loads of guitar on it. There's loads of George playing solos because it's near the beginning and that. Anyway, uh, Rob, this is a very similar, kind of a similar question. Rob says, when my daughter suggests Scott Pilgrim as the film of choice for the evening, you know you've done a good job. Any other top films with the guitars that my fellow nerds can recommend? We talked about this maybe a couple of years ago, didn't we, on a, on the old podcast. God, yeah. um, Talk about guitar movies. Yeah, you definitely spoke about the Aria Guitar used by Martin oh, yeah. McFly. Yeah, yeah, I mean that that film is full of cool guitar moments in it. Yeah. Just like the, if you just if you look at the name of the settings on the amplifier that Martin McFly is turning up to play, they're quite they're, hilarious. Aren't oh, they? they're amazing. It's like um, it's like primary driver. Yeah, <laughs> really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's just turning them all up to full. My favorite moment in that film is the bit where when he's playing the solo at the. Uh, when he's playing the solo yeah. at, at the end yeah. and uh, the fella in the band who was the guitarist who Marvin Berry Marvin Berry he, and he runs up to the runs up to the phone and goes hey Chuck it's your cousin Marvin Berry it's just oh yeah that's such a good moment so my, good um, my favourite moment about the, the the mini guitar at the start is that he turns everything up on full and then plugs the jack yeah there's in. no feedback it doesn't make any sense and there's no like as he plugs the jack in just suddenly really loud so dumb um, Joe Bratton any other guitar movies um Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Well, Bill and Ted's Excellent kind of Adventure guitar is a based, good one. I would always go for Scott Pilgrim just because it's a bass one. Yeah, it has it a bass off of a bass that. movie. So yeah, I would I would kind of default to that. Yeah, that was pretty good. You know, the Wedding Singer. 
Wedding Singer has got some great... you got some classic, like, Cure style... <laughs> it's um, Steve Buscemi in there. It's, uh, oh, yeah. it's just amazing. Yeah, exactly. Self-taught, no lessons. Thanks, Pop. Um, he's, <laughs> he's great. Uh, I would say maybe... I don't know how old um, Rob's daughter is, but maybe just watch Anvil, which is one of the greatest yeah. films ever. Um, i tell you another... Um uh, another thing that I thought was quite good is in that film um, God, there's that Will Farrell film Step with, Brothers no with there's the film that Night he the did Roxy. with Maggie Gyllenhaal um, where he, he plays a oh, he plays Stranger Than Fiction no it's not Stranger Than Fiction she's it's, in that though right is it Stranger Than Fiction where no it's can, not Stranger Than Fiction he can hear the woman narrating his life no it's not that she one. works in a cupcake shop it is Stranger Than Fiction. Is it Stranger Than yeah. Fiction? Okay. Maybe it's... Yeah, maybe it's He goes into a music shop. He's a, he's an auditor. Yeah, is yeah. And he goes... Um, he's like... She's like cool and rock and roll and she works in this bakery and uh, and he's like a complete square and falls in love with her and then there's this whole part in the film where he's trying to like learn how to play guitar to like impress her and it was like... Yeah, that, that's actually quite sweet. That's like how you know anyone they do a good job of showing him learning to play guitar and if you like really persist with it yeah it's you know you can actually it doesn't really matter that you've never played or that you're a complete square if you want to do it the Jay Cross story you can definitely hook up with hot girls Maggie Gyllenhaal that's why and also I didn't tell my uh, girlfriend at the time but that is why I wanted to call our cat Maggie because uh, after I saw that film I was really in love with Maggie Gyllenhaal I see there we go um, uh, turns out your cat's really annoying and <laughs> everyone hates her on a contemporary movie note yes uh, movies with guitars and that the new Mad Max film oh it's got a guitar a guitar it's got a guy playing guitar on the front of a truck uh, yeah, that's right. He's got a flying V. Nice boys. I've not seen it uh, yet. That shoots flame, uh, and, that, and and actually, he is. I can't remember his name, unfortunately. But um, Guitaros Maximos. I was watching. I was watching. 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 I was watching the um, the press conference, and he is a uh, a famous Australian guitarist in in really? sort of a relatively well known Australian band. And friends uh, are wrong. Um, he he actually has a guitar that shoots flame they, they were going to CGI it and some of it is obviously CGI but he was like, <laughs> he was like no don't worry do it, it. I've got one yeah so got, I'll bring my so, own I've got one I'll bring my own so he, he genuinely does have a flying V that, that shoots flame is it Tim Wheeler from Ash that. probably yeah do you remember that yeah it was yeah. amazing and Tim Wheeler set himself on fire <laughs> And burnt to death on stage he didn't burn no, that was just stage. in my dreams imagine oh, what's wrong with you Ash are a great band Imagine getting that guitar through through customs. Um, sir, would you mind just opening this case? And he's like, bear with me. <laughs> bear with me. This is... They're like, yeah, this appears to be... Is this a guitar that is also a flamethrower? And he's like, only only, at the, only with the lower register. It's yeah. fine. Don't worry. Yeah. yeah, I hit a very special button. It's fine. <laughs> just put it in the hole. I'm not taking this one in the cabin. <laughs> not allowed. Um, Adam says, Unearth the Demarzio very metal when tidying up this afternoon. Yes, Demarzio made pedals once upon a time. And yes, all of the knobs go to 11. It goes one louder. That brings us back to the guitar movies. Um, any old or unusual pedals that you guys are rocking? Joe Brandon, have you got anything weird on the board? Um, I'm afraid don't. My board is, is very, very... Um, Conservative. Yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty sensible. and new. Yeah, I don't have anything sort of interesting, weird or old. Um, 
In fact, I mean, I'm a bass player, so most of my pedals you are, are just weird are quite recent. Anyway, no, I'm afraid not. Jay Cross. Yeah, I do. I've got the. Uh, I've got my. Uh, my harmonic percolator, don't I? Oh, of course. Is that, is that old though, or is it? It's. Um, I don't know how old it is. It's some, uh, uh, I think it's seventies. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure the percolator's worth uh, I can't... I was just quickly looking no, up... you'll never find it because there have been a million... Um, copies of it, I know. Yeah. Um, you carry on, Mark, and I'll... I mean. um, what I was just going to say, we've just talked about my pedal setup and I actually don't have anything old or weird. I'll tell you the one thing that I definitely... If I see one, I will just buy it straight away, um, is a Russian Big Muff in, oh, in the love black a box. Big, yeah, yeah. Um, because that I did have one of those back in the day and like I've kind of decided that I don't like fuzz at all but if I had one of those I would definitely buy it. and I'd probably actually use it on bass. Um, that's kind of the only old... That's a cool and, idea. Yeah, it's kind of the only old and weird pedal that I'm looking for. Either a black box Big Muff or the green box Russian Big Muff. Um, that's the one that um, Matt thingy used in Weezer. Yeah. Um, this just says that this was uh, early seventies, and yeah. there were there's Great not pedals. very many of them. Really? I mean, I, mean, I thought on, it was like nineties. Um, no, 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 way. no, definitely early seventies. Okay. Yeah. I mean, on on kind of note of weird old pedals, if you if you're after like. Um, Something weird, unusual, and old. I think there are some great little boutiques. Here's your phone number. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, here's um, it, there are some. Uh, here's my phone number. There are there are some really great uh, like boutique companies that that will do sort of weird little reissues. I'm, I'm, we've mentioned them before, but um, both uh, Gahura, Gajira, Gajira pedals in Scotland are really good for tapping up for really unusual reissues. I've got a. Um, a meat boy and a um, something else some other really weird fuzz that I can't remember the name of um, made by them with custom art on it and um, and also in Brighton Third Eye Pedals uh, yeah. who I think are, are really good who made uh, made my band a signature pedal which was pretty cool so it's sort of two aspects but they also do like like they, they've offered to make me um, a harmonic percolator because I can't get Jay to sell his um, so I'm probably going to tap them up for that, but a really good pedal brand just if you want that would do weird. yeah something weird and unusual. Like most of the stuff they do is really odd, unusual stuff. You should check out their their Facebook page, Third Eye Pedals, um, and yeah, it's just full of Joe gets a really every unusual time you go stuff. There. Yeah, I do. No, I don't. <laughs> you can you can borrow my harmonic percolator to record. Stop lending out pedals. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, if you want to if you want to borrow it to record with, you oh, can. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that'd be great. It doesn't have a um, doesn't have a, a PSU input. You've got to run it off batteries, but I've got a battery converter for my sweet. So that's there. But yeah, you can use that if you want. Oh yeah, thanks. Um, I, I may well tap you up for that. Yeah, thank you. Fine. And with that, I think um, we'll wrap it up. Yeah. Thanks very much for listening. Um, thank you so much, uh, as always, to our extra Patreon backers. Um, that is Phil Thompson. Oh, what are you doing? Oh, yeah, you're doing it in a weird voice, aren't you? We agree okay. this. Thanks to um, our Patreon backers, who are... <coughs> I haven't thought about what voice is now. Oh, I'm oh, just going to... I might Louise. just go for them all in one voice. Do a different voice each week. Otherwise, just, I've got to think of, like, five just every think, week. Okay, just think about that for a second. Um, so, we're... Uh, Patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. Um, helps you... Uh, or... You can you go there and um, <laughs> help us out by supporting the show uh, on a kind of monthly basis. Um, and if you go for our top tier, you become one of our executive producers. And uh, Joe 
will read your voice out. Read your voice out? Read your name out? <laughs> thusly. Um, aren't you doing backing music for me? No, 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 no. I'm not doing it with that. Loves Muse. Thanks so much for um for backing us uh this month. Um if you've backed us in this month, if you backed us in June, then you'll go on to the uh, go on to next month's podcasts list. Um, yeah, just thanks for helping us out. It helps us kind of do this podcast and get it up, and helps with the hosting and all that. <laughs> you alright? Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar nerds forum. On you just said it. Don't, don't, don't Twitter. Worry. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Okay, carry on. Did you? Did I say it helps us get it, get it up? <laughs> yeah. I mean, sometimes. <laughs> at Guitar Nerds on Twitter. At Guitar Nerds on Instagram. GuitarNerds.net for all the breaking news from the guitar world. And um, yeah, thanks very much for listening and helping us get it up. I'm at Mark underscore Random on Twitter. I'm at Yosef underscore nine hundred on Twitter. I'm at J-A-Y-B-M-1 on Instagram. Twitter. <laughs> um, we're going to go and do the Patreon episode now, so if you are a Patreon backer, uh, the more of this nonsense. Thanks very much. Cheers. Bye. Bye. think it was beefy both them oh never the both of them <laughs> it's just in there now <laughs> oh, pardon about uh, i can't unsee beefy both of them that's the end of the podcast <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.